Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Finish Podcast and Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday here real quick, post-MetCon with some of our advanced badass athletes. We just ran through a, a miserable session together. So if I start coughing, you guys know the drill because you've been with me on a Sunday before. But uh, I want to get this out today because it's a podcast I've been wanting to do for a while. And it's uh, I'm playing off Dave Bach's kind of 15 timeless truths about finance and money. And I might not agree with everything he says, so I'll interject my stuff in between. But I want to do this on fitness and finance because I do believe they parallel each other and they mirror the, each other in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of ways people become overweight is the same way people become in debt. And I believe, you know, the same way people can get out of debt, the same people can get out of being overweight and be healthy and be happy. And they can take control of their finances and their health and their life. And I do believe they're tied to each other. And so for the record, I'm not a, a financial expert. I'm not a, a licensed financial advisor. But... I'm a kid who grew up with nothing and never took an airplane ride other than for playing, you know, collegiate sports um, on a personal trip until I was 30 years old. I was never out of the country until I was 30. Um, I moved here over a decade ago and my entire net worth for my entire life was 2500 bucks. I paid rent the first day and I was at about $2,000 from there. I survived on $20 a week at the grocery store. I would buy typically tuna, oatmeal, and fucking water. And if anybody who... Knew me during that time. I have about 100 people who can vouch for me, and that's how I lived, and that's how I survived. Even when I was fortunate enough to buy my first condo, which I got when the economy completely melted, I got lucky on it, I could buy it. The first time I had my homie Andy come over and my wife was there, I had two bar stools I got from Target and a bed and a TV on the floor. I had no cable, um, and I didn't even have the internet for that matter, and that's how I lived and survived when I first got here. Now I speak to you today, and I have more money than I ever thought I'd have in my entire fucking life. It doesn't change who I am. It hasn't made me any happier. But I'll say this. I'm more financially comfortable. I'm more stable. And uh, I have a sense of relief and freedom when I go to sleep at night. I don't worry about a lot of things that other people do. And the reason I share that to you guys is not to brag. But over the past decade, I've had the, the opportunity here to work with people who can barely afford what we do as a service. And they stretch themselves to be able to come here and work out and train with us because they value health and fitness and they value what we do. And I work with average people here too. And we work with people here who also have a net worth of tens of millions of dollars who drive Ferraris here and Bentleys here. And that's real. And they're not that much different between the two. The ones who do it right, yes, they for surely are. But I also see people here, the ones who can barely afford it or even go a level. There's people who can't afford what we do. They can't afford to come here. It does cost too much. Those people are on the same stress level as the people here who sometimes make millions of dollars. And then that might blow some of your minds, but what you see in America and the world with, especially now, and it's been happening forever, and I'm not making social media the scapegoat of the enemy, and for all the amazing things social can do, if you have a predisposition, excuse me, a predisposition for comparison and to try to keep up with the Joneses and do certain things, the internet and Instagram and Facebook and TV can fuck you up because now you can see what everybody's house looks like. You can see what kind of car they drive. You can see what kind of trips they take. And you feel as you get small increases in your pay, you have to level up your lifestyle to match that. And I think that's where a lot of people make the biggest mistakes because the amount of consumer debt people are drowning in and swallowing is unbelievable. It's unparalleled. I'm going to share the stats with you guys. It's going to kind of blow your mind. And if you find yourself right now drowning in debt, um, in consumer debt, in credit cards or in auto loans or student loans or your mortgage, I want to urge you guys to maybe kind of rethink what you're doing because I see people here who feel like they're broke. And they make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And I see people here who make $45,000 a year. And they feel like they're rich as fuck. 
because their lifestyle matches what they're making. They don't feel like they need to be fancy. And I share this with you because when I grew up, you guys, I grew up in a two-bedroom apartment for a long time with my mom, and she did the best that she could, and I slept on a fucking bunk bed. It's not ideal for a kid to sleep on a bunk bed on the top bunk and his sister's on the bottom bunk. Uh, and living with two women is also a unique experience as well. But they did the best we could. It's all we knew. My parents never drove new cars. My dad never did anything to his house until I was well beyond college and had his house finally paid off, and then he could do some updates. But they did the best that they could. And, and one memory I've shared before here and share with you guys is that when I was 10 years old, I wanted, to, I wanted a Huffy 10-speed bike. It was like black and green. It was super dope. And a bike, to me as a kid, was like it was everything. It's how you got places. You could go visit your homies on your bike. You could give people a buck on your bike from school. Uh, you went to baseball practice on your bike, basketball, everything you did. The, your bike was it. And so I really wanted this bike, and the bike was 100 bucks. I remember we went to this place called Shopco. And if you guys are from the Midwest, you probably know what Shopco is. Shopco is like Kmart. I don't even know if they exist anymore. But Shopco was the shit, at least when I was a kid. And you go to get to Shopco, and like, it was like in May. And my birthday is in August. And this $100 bike, I'm like, yeah, that's the one I want. And my parents went, and they put on layaway. And I'm like, what the hell is layaway? And they're like, well, we, we save it for you now, and your parents pay us like 20, 30 bucks a month. And then when it's paid off, you come pick it up on your birthday. And I'm like, oh, it's super sweet. And that I think of it today because they're, I'm around the same age right now as my parents were when they had me buying me this, you know, Huffy 10-speed bike. And my parents had to put a $100 bike on layaway. That blows my fucking mind because, and again, I'm not doing this to brag, you guys. I could burn 100 bucks right now in the middle of the room, and it wouldn't matter to me. My car could blow up right now, and it wouldn't make a bit of fucking difference because I'll go buy a new one. I have the money to do that. And again, I'm not bragging to you, but it's a humbling experience to know where I came from and what I have. And my parents never put themselves in consumer debt. They never did a bunch of stupid shit. And my dad is not a Dave Ramsey guy, which blows my mind because my dad would say things like, you know, if you if you don't have the money, you can't buy it. And my dad drilled into my brain, like, if you, if you have a credit card, Jeremy, you put gas in your car for this and nothing else. If you need to use it, you call me. Unless it's an emergency, you never use a credit card. You don't put stuff on credit. You work for everything you get in your life. And he was very diligent about it. He was very frugal and he was very smart with it. Now, he never made a lot of money, but he also paid off his house, you know, probably 10 years earlier than he had planned to. By just be, you know, being diligent, being patient, and putting the time in. And that always impressed with me, and it stuck with me. It's probably the reason now why my wife and I are on our journey to pay off our house in probably the next, you know, fingers crossed, you know, 17, 18 months, year, give or take. By the end of 2020 is our goal to pay off our home completely and be 100% debt-free. And that will change the scope of our financial life forever. And uh, my dad, you know, the, the things he said to me and me seeing him do it plays a huge role in that. And I, and I think growing, you know, growing up broke as shit. Um, does that too. It changes you. And again, I'm not a money guy. If I did anything outside of fitness, I'd, I'd be way, way richer than I am now. But I love this and I love what I do and I love you guys. And so that's why I'm doing it. But I share all that stuff, you guys, to give you a backstory to share this because I'm a kid who comes from nothing and no money. I have no financial training and I'm not a genius. But by the grace of, you know, whether it be God and, and meeting these people here who are affluent and learning from them and seeing what, you know, what to do and what not to do, uh, if you will has changed my life and getting introduced to guys like a Dave Ramsey and a Chris Hogan and, uh, and seeing people here do it the right way. It's, uh, it's allowed me to become, you know, wealthy, uh, at a young age when I had nothing. And, and I share this with you because I want to help you guys do the same thing. If you hear me say something in this podcast that maybe you didn't hear before, or I say it in a different way and it shocks you and you're like, holy shit, I'm doing that or I'm not doing that. And that's what it is. And I, and I think sometimes we think that, you know, the millionaire next door, is the guy who's driving the Bentley and has a boat and has a 5,000 square foot house. And that's not the case. 
The neighbor next door is a guy who looks like me, who drives a 2008 Honda Accord, who lives in a house he can afford, who just kind of lives a normal life and is smart with his money, you know, spends way less than he makes, invests it over time, and that's what happens. And doesn't get themselves into the fancy game, keeping up with the fucking Joneses, trying to buy a house that's way too big for them or, or a car that's too fancy, or stretching their limits every single month and always leveling it up. And so I'm going to get into his timeless truths here in a second. But I want to share you guys this quote. It was on USA Today, and uh, NerdWallet did a, a huge detailed kind of study. The, the household debt, the average U.S. household debt in specific categories in America, and I'm going to list them off for you guys. Now, some of you guys might be doing better. Some of you guys might be doing worse. Some of you guys might be the average of this. And again, I'm not playing the comparison game, but what I can tell you is this. Typically in marriage and in life and in households, finances are a huge stressor for people. People argue about money, how to spend it, how to use it, what to do with it, what they need, what they don't need. And for you guys out there who are still, and that's why I'm going to talk about comparison forever, still playing the comparison game. You're comparing your kitchen to your friends. You're comparing your car to their car, your boat to their boat, your house to their house, your clothes to their clothes. It's a game you're always going to fucking lose. Even if they have all the stuff and the shit and they make less money than you, we don't know how happy people are. And I think sometimes we think the stuff is going to do it. Now, again, I'm not against things. If you have money to buy a Mercedes, then fucking buy it and drive it and floss it. That's super cool and awesome. But if you're stretching to do it and the payment is choking you and causing you stress, making you stay up at night, having you argue with your husband or wife about stuff, the car isn't fucking worth it. I promise you that. If you're living in a 3,000 square foot home and you could live in a 2,200 square foot home, that's $150,000 less, and that would allow you to sleep better at night or have more free time or do more fun shit, then do that, please, because the only thing that matters is your happiness. There is nothing else, you guys. Nobody, at the end of the day, when you die and the dash on your tombstone, that dash is not going to have anything to do with the square footage of your house or the car you drove or the Louis Vuitton fucking shoes you bought or the $800 jacket you're wearing. Nobody gives a shit. If you're happy and you have the money, then do it. That's amazing. But if you don't and you're stretching for it or you're working your life away at a job you hate for it, it isn't fucking worth it. I promise you that. I would do this job and make $33,000 a year if it meant I was fit, healthy, and happy, and my wife and my family and everybody thought I was fucking awesome. That's all that matters to me. That's legacy. It doesn't matter if my net worth is $4 million or $40,000. If I'm happy and not stressed, that's the game. Sorry, you guys, that's my quick rant. So the average U.S. household debt in specific categories, and this is a 2017, 2018, so this is as recent as I have. Credit card debt, the average U.S. credit card debt per household, $16,883. So the average household has about $17,000 in revolving credit card debt. That blows me away. At most of these guys at 20% you know, percent interest plus, most people 24, 5, 6, 7, 8%, 8%. That blows, you'll never get out of that shit. That is going to choke you from the fucking inside out. And if you guys are there right now with the credit card stuff, you got to let that stuff go, man. You really do. It's just too much. Um, do what you can. If it's debt snowball style, Dave Ramsey it, but get rid of that credit card debt. That that's the shit will eat you alive. Paying on just literally the interest and not the principal, you'll never get out of it. And, that, and credit card debt in America, we're not educated enough on it. It's choking people out and it's making them miserable. The next thing. Auto loans. The average household on auto loans, 29539 And I think I read the other day, like the average car payment for a vehicle is like 600 bucks right now or something. Is that right? 
I think it was it was high fives or six hundred bucks is the average car payment people have. It's just too much, man. In my opinion, is this: if you're not a millionaire, if you don't have a net worth of a million bucks, and I'm taking this from the Ramsey School, you don't need to buy a new vehicle. If you are not a millionaire and have a net worth of a million dollars, I don't think you should buy a new vehicle off the lot. I think it's a stupid decision. And again, that's just my two cents. If you think I'm an asshole for saying that, that's fine. Um, and I'll tell you this right now: it doesn't matter how how much money I acquire, you guys, I'm never going to buy a new car. And I'm not telling you not to. If you have a net worth of a plus a million bucks, then buy a new one. You like the new car smell, you want to drive it off the lot, that's fine. Me personally, because I grew up frugal and I'd rather give with my money and rather do more adoptive families and help more people out who don't have what I have, I'll buy a car that's two, three, four years old. I'll let the first guy take the hit. I'll let him do a fancy lease, drive it for two years. I'll save the 12,000 bucks and I'll buy it used with you know 22,000 miles on it. I'm okay with that. But if you're a person who is in debt for a car lease, a car payment because you need to be fucking fancy and you owe money on a vehicle that you have your net worth invested in things with motors and wheels on them that are depreciating assets. I think that's a stupid decision for you guys to build wealth and it's putting too much stress on you and your life. So if you have a car loan or a lease that is a shit ton of money, you invested money in a depreciating asset, something that is losing money every single day, every single time you drive it. Now, if you feel good about it, then please do it. But I think the average household that have $30,000 in auto loans is ridiculously stupid. The next one, student loan debt. The average U.S. household has $50,000 in student loan debt. 50626 is the exact number. Now, I have my own take on school, you guys. I think, I think education is important. I think the best investment you can make is in yourself. But I'm not necessarily saying I think college is for everybody. In fact, I know it's not for everybody. If you have a goal and you're driven and you want to work in the machine, you have to do it. If you want to be a dentist or a lawyer or a CPA or something, for sure, there's a track you have to follow. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, I don't think school is probably the best way for you to spend your money if you do it a stupid way. I don't think having a kid go to a four-year school and getting fifty dollars to $100,000 of debt for a fucking bachelor's degree in English is a smart decision when he's going to get out of school, work at Enterprise, no offense, and make $38,000 a year. He's never gonna pay off that 50 grand. It is going to crush him over time. It's gonna delay his retirement. It's gonna delay him buying a home and building wealth through real estate and being debt free, and he's gonna drown in it. Now again, I'm not vilifying school and college. I went, I have a degree, I have advanced education, um, but I was an athlete uh, and they paid for it. And obviously you pay a price for that. I practiced and I practiced and it worked out for me and I have enough God-given athletic ability that I didn't have to be in, in debt for that. Uh, my wife had very little student loan debt. I think when she got out of school, I think, what did we pay off her debt? What was her student loan? Like 15, 16 grand. So she got one bonus from work and she was super jacked about it and uh, didn't see a cent of it. And we paid off her student loan debt in uh, one swipe, one check, <clears throat> which is not fun, but she got out of it. And again, I think a lot of times kids are doing school fancy. When you pull up the student loan stuff and why it's gotten so, obviously the tuition for school has gotten so ridiculously expensive, in my opinion, that these kids are drowning in it and their parents can't, you know, obviously cash flow out of it because it's a lot to ask of parents. I know it is. But if your kid can stay in state, and this is just my two cents in education, can stay in state, go to community college for two years. I know it's not the same experience and the same lifestyle, but do that and then go to whatever school they want to go to for the last two years, live at home for a little bit. You can make it work and you don't have to be in debt. I know it's not the same experience and it's not this, but for those four years, to pay $100,000 for the next 30 years, it isn't worth it, you guys. I promise you that. You can still, get, still go get drunk and get fucked up and do cool shit and do stuff and be on campus and go to the games. But if you can do it closer to home and not put yourself... Because, again, when you're 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, you don't even know what you're signing. 
you don't know what you're doing. When when I was 20, you guys, when I graduated college, I graduated cum laude. So I graduated college like with honors, right? So I'm like, the that's the lowest. So cum laude is the, I call it the dumbest of the smart people. I didn't know what an IRA was. I didn't know what a 401k was. I didn't know what health insurance was. I didn't know if I would have been in $50,000 of debt, I, don't, I wouldn't even know what that fuck that meant at 21 years old. I really wouldn't. I didn't have the education. I didn't have the background. I'm not the person I was today. And so if I had to sign on for 20, 30, 40, 50, 70, 80,000 dollars of student loan debt, and I'm just like, holy shit, this is like, this is like me paying on a house for 20 years. It would have hindered my life and my happiness, and I would have been pissed off for it. So for you guys out there, I don't have a perfect solution other than the one I walked you through. But if you guys are drowning in student loan debt, I feel for you um, because they're not going to forgive it. And that's something that's going to stay with you guys forever. It's not bankruptable. And that's uh, kind of the crazy part. And the last one I'm going to share with you is mortgages. The average mortgage debt in America is $182,421, depending on where you live. Obviously, if you live in uh, like California or New York or like a Scottsdale for that matter, um, it's probably significantly higher. If you live in you know, nowhere Nebraska or South Dakota or Indiana, it's probably going to be a little bit less. But the average mortgage debt right now currently is 182421 And for a lot of people, that's going to take them the better part of 30 years to pay off. And when you look at the sheet over time of what they pay in interest, a lot of these people are paying double for their home. So they're, they're buying their dream home. They just didn't know they were buying it. And that's kind of the sad and the crazy part. And I don't want you guys, if you're in any of these categories, it's not the end of the world. If you feel comfortable with the payments and you can make them, that's fine. But the crazy thing is it's only getting worse um, as time goes on. Now, we have an opportunity now with the Internet and things to make more money than we've ever lived. But people are stupid with their money um, because they're spending more than they're making on average. Um, and with inflation and the cost of things, people just aren't as diligent because they think they have to be fancy. Everybody has to have a newer car. Everybody has to have every streaming service. Everybody has to have a $1,500 phone, even though they don't use it for work. And I can go down the list. But... A lot of this is because the cost of living in the U.S. rose about 30% over the last 13 years, yet household incomes only grew 28%. So if the cost of living grew 30%, but yet the income only grew 28%, we're already at a deficit. And more and more Americans are using credit cards to cover the basics like food and clothing over time. And if you look at medical expenses too, which is another category, they've grown 57% since 2003, while food and housing costs have climbed 36 and 32% respectively. So those surging basic expenses could widen the inequality gap in America as a quarter of Americans um, still make about 10-ish dollars per hour. Now, it's a small amount of people, and they're raising the minimum wage, but again, it's still not enough for a lot of people. Um, and that's just my two cents. That's why I wanted to share that with you guys, and this is from NerdWallet and obviously USA Today, and those are the stats and the numbers. And so people are drowning in debt, just like people are drowning in being overweight. And how do we get out of it? Uh, I'm going to share with you guys kind of Dave Bach, kind of 15 timeless truths and tips, and hopefully it helps you. And again, if you guys hate finance and money, you're going to hate this podcast. But I would say this to you, even if you're not into finance, and again, I'm into it now. Um, I'm not a, I didn't go to business school. I didn't go to finance school. I don't have an accounting uh, degree or any background other than, you know, talking to my advisor and my CPA for the past 10 years, like, you know, every fucking two weeks, like trying to deal with the stuff that we do in the businesses we run. And be able to, you know, <clears throat> be part of the Ramsey Circle and, and Hogan and meet these people here who um, who are very successful with money and what they've done. I've learned a lot. And what I found out is this. Even though I'm not a money guy and, and I, you know, I give away a lot of shit here that I probably should charge for, um, I do it because I work for money. And that's what we do here. I work to help people. And I think if you help enough people, you'll make enough money. But I do work hard for the money that I have. 
And for me not to be educated on what I do with that money once I have it, it seems to me pretty fucking stupid because the thing I value most on this earth is my health and my time. And they're one and two. Without my health, my time doesn't matter. Without my time, my health doesn't matter. And they're, they're one and the same. So those are one and one A, depending on how you look at it and swipe it. But if I'm going to spend 100 hours a week here working my face off, helping people, and then yet get my money and spend it on a bunch of stupid shit that's not going to allow me to live a life and give back to people and help them, I think that's pretty stupid. So without educating yourself on finance and money and retirement and interest and the things that really matter, you guys are doing yourself a huge disservice. And by not doing it, you're actually shitting on your time. And I don't want you guys to do that. I want you guys to go to your job. And if you don't like it, that sucks. But if you're doing it for money, at least anything, if you're working at a job you hate and you're doing it for money, at least be smart about the money you're taking from the thing you hate because you're spending your most precious commodity, your time doing it. So, and again, I'm going to share with you his 15 timeless truths. I'm not saying I agree with all these, um, but they're a pretty solid list for you guys to follow if you have no idea um, where to get started and what to do. And I can share with you guys a ton of resources, books, podcasts, and things I've been into that have changed the scope of my life and my financial future and what I've been able to do the last 10 years and what I'm going to be able to do, you know, God willing, I live the next 40, 50 years. Um, and the number one thing I would say before I get into his list, when you guys are making financial decisions, live your life, have fun, take your trips, do fun shit with friends, but make sure it's worth it, save for it, don't spend money you don't have up front, earn the money, be smart about it, and then do those things. But do things today when, no matter how old you guys are, if you're 24, 34, 44, I predicated almost every financial decision for the last 10 years when I was 23, 24, 25 years old and I said, hey, you know, I want Jeremy at 55 to be really fucking happy with Jeremy at 25. I want 27-year-old Jeremy to do something awesome for 57-year-old Jeremy because if I'm bald, I mean, I will be bald at that point. That sucks. Um, when I'm, you know, I'm older and I'm bald and maybe I'm tired and I just, you know, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do something different or my interests have changed or whatever it may be. I want to have the opportunity and the choice to do it. So when I was young and I was crushing it and I was doing everything and now I'm 67 years old and I said, fuck it, I'm, I'm through. I want to have money and I want to have freedom and I want to have choices. And that only happens if me at 27, if me at 29, if me at 34 does those things for the person 10, 20, 30 years from now. And I want you guys to operate from that. And I think if you do that, you'll be successful. So his 15 timeless truths. Number one, <clears throat> excuse me, always spend less than you make. Your life will be much easier and less stressful. Um, I've lived by this my whole life, you guys. Um, my income obviously has increased from the time I was you know, 25 to 35. And uh, do I live fancier now? For surely I do. Um, I don't shop at you know, the same grocery stores anymore, and I'm not su super diligent. I'm like, I don't go cheap on food anymore because I don't have to. Um, but I don't drive a different vehicle. I drive the same car. Um, I live in the same house. We live the same lifestyle. We still budget and do you know, normal stuff. And we'll take fancier trips for sure because we've earned it and we can. But we always, always, always spend way less money than we make. And I think that's a recipe for success in anything. If you're talking macros and fat loss, if you're trying to be lean, healthy, and happy, you always spend less than you make in terms of macros when you're budgeting your food. You're always burning more calories than you're putting in. That, you guys, is an easy parallel. Number two, pay yourself first. Um, at least an hour a day of your income, if you're going to work 90,000 hours over time in your lifetime, you should at least keep an hour a day of your income. Um, it's a pretty good rule to live by too. If you're an entrepreneur, um, how we do it here in this business, I pay myself last actually. Um, so obviously we would pay all our vendors, we pay all the services and people we work with. And then obviously Monica and Jacob and Matt and Travis uh, and the other Jacob obviously get paid. And then Jeremy gets paid last. But uh, again, even in my business, 
we spend way less than we make here in this business. And that's been my recipe for success over for a decade. And uh, I continue on doing that because I don't, I don't like to live on a thin margin. I like to be able to sleep at night. And for me, could I drive a Range Rover today? Sure. I go, pay, I go buy one in cash right now. That would put a stress on me that uh, I don't want to sleep with. Um, I want to be able to do podcasts. I want to be able to do fun stuff. I want to be able to give away, you know, fucking $10,000 worth of t-shirts a year. I don't want to have to penny pinch and charge people for a nickel and dime them for every little thing so I can feel good about myself when I drive a certain kind of car down the street. If me driving this, you know, I drive a 2008 Honda Accord, you guys. It's got 130,000 miles on it. Hopefully it goes to 200. Uh, that will have changed the scope of my entire life and my business forever. Um, it already has. And, and every day I drive it, I remind myself, um, it's going to do it even more. And again, I have every right to go buy something fancier and drive it. And maybe I will when this car dies on the side of the road and that'll happen someday. But if that allows me to do podcasts for hours for free, if it allows me, when you guys send me a message, to send you a free t-shirt for nothing, because I want you to wear it and rock it and feel good about yourself, because they are nice and they do fit good. We buy nice shit here. Um, I'm happy to do it. If I can do contests here and give away thousands of dollars of gift cards to our members for just doing fitness, I'm happy to do it. I will drive a shittier car. I'll wear worse clothes. I'll make less money personally to do that and give back because it makes me feel good. So selfishly, um, that's why I pay myself last. But for you guys, pay yourself first, for sure. Uh, next one, number three. He, and this is Dave Bach. He says, don't budget. He says, you're too busy. You'll get frustrated and fail. Instead, automate your life. Now, I would say this. I would say automate your life and budget. I'm a fan of both. And we automate everything that we do. Um, I have a system that I go through with stuff, um, just like in my business. And I do basically the same thing in my personal life. We have certain accounts for, for travel, for housing. And like I said, we're trying to pay off our house, you guys. We've lived in our house for six years. I'm trying to have my house completely paid off within eight years of the first day we made a payment. And it's not super fun to do. Um, it's exhausting. It's a little bit stressful and also exciting at the same time. It's a goal I want to accomplish. I watched my dad do it. And I, I, I saw how fucking proud he was when he showed me the sheet of all the payments he made. And uh, I remember he said he, like, he wrote like one $20,000 check. And he never has made more than $50,000 in a year. So for someone who's never made over 50 grand to pay off their house early and never made more than 50 G's in a year is really fucking impressive. And uh, I remember that, and that, that stuck with me. So I would always, that's how we automate stuff. So we have a, you know, an, uh, uh, an account for a house, an account for trips, an account for bills. We call it bills checking and savings and different things. I think you guys should do that, but you should also budget. I think you should know exactly what's going out every month and what's coming in every month. If you're a Dave Ramsey person, they have like an every dollar app. It's completely, I think it's, uh, you might have to pay for it. Uh, there's like a free version, I think a paid version too. Um, that will help. I do ours at our house uh, because I'm kind of the, the finance nerd. I'm the saver. My wife is probably the spender, even though she I've slowly grinded her down to come over to the dark side. So she's now a saver too. Um, but she'll always spend more than me. And, but she's also showed me how to enjoy money and enjoy experience, enjoy trips. And I think you have to have some synergy there. I think if you have you know two nerd savers, it's not going to work. And if you have two spenders, obviously, I think that's where you get into the household debt stuff. But uh, I think you guys should budget and should have an automated system as well. Number four, be an investor, not a borrower. Investors get rich, borrowers stay poor. Um, I believe that. The And this is my personal experience, you guys. The last, and I knock on wood, you know, anything could change tomorrow. Uh, I could have a huge tragedy and something could be crazy and paying off our house could become something that's not super important to us, you know, illness or death or things like that. And, and outside of that, we're right on track and we're gonna do it. But I'm not gonna take on another loan the rest of my life. You know, God willing, um, for this commercial building that I sit in right now, um, we took out one last loan for our business to buy this building, so I can have owner, so I can own it, 
and have ownership in something instead of paying these guys here rent for a business for you know 20 or 30 years and walk away with nothing when it's all said and done. So whether I pay this off completely um, from a business standpoint or if I just sell it for hundreds of thousands of dollars and that's what we do or you know millions at that point, who knows, um, that's what it'll be. But I'm not going to borrow any more money. Those days are over for me. And I think we grow up thinking we have to borrow money for a car and borrow money for a house and borrow money for everything. And we don't. We just have to be patient. And we have to be diligent. We have to be mindful. And we have to be creative with how we make money and how we save it. But if you guys think that you have to go to school and take out a shit ton of debt and you have to take out a loan for a car, you do not. I've never had money until the last five or six years of my life. And I never had a, a vehicle loan. I've never took a loan out for a car, and I never will. I don't believe in it. I'm not bagging on you if you have to or you do. It's fine. I personally have never done that. I, I don't believe in taking out loans for things that, that go down in value. I just think it's a stupid choice. I think there's better ways to go about it. Um, that's my two cents. Number five, buy a home. Don't rent. Renters stay poor. Homeowners and landlords build wealth. Obviously, you look at the stats. Obviously, you know, home ownership is, uh, is coveted, and it's ideal for a lot of people, and it's one of the fastest ways to build wealth because typically – other than the melt of 2008, which I lived through, um, home values typically do increase, and it, it's a fast way for you guys to build equity and have money. Now, with that said, if you live in a place where you can rent for cheaper and save money and then buy something, then please do that. If your rent is 500 bucks and uh, you like your living situation, but you know a home would cost you 1000 then just rent and save money and have a bigger down payment or pay cash for it if you can wait long enough. Uh, but overall, I think that rule does hold true. A lot of people around here are renting, you know, super fancy condos for 2500 bucks a month where if they just would have been smart about their money they could buy a home and have a down payment and uh, their you know mortgage payment probably 1400 bucks uh but that's just you know that's give or take uh number six don't lend money to friends or family you'll lose both you're not a bank i believe that to be true as well um just just don't do it you guys number seven never invest in things you don't understand if the investment can't be explained to you on a piece of paper it's too complicated pass I believe that. Uh, my stuff, you guys, is invested in, in all things we know and understand. When I talk to my advisor, he calls me, um, whether we invest in things like, you know, Facebook or Google or, you know, if it's Boeing or whatever it is, like really basic things and basic companies that have been around for a long time and that we plan to be around for a long time and, and stocks and mutual funds and things I intend to have for well over 10 years. And I think that's kind of a, a good rule of thumb. I don't, you know, I'm not bagging anybody who does crypto or Bitcoin. I don't fucking understand it. I still don't. I, I've read stuff about it. People have kind of explained it to me. I understand blockchain and, and a little bit of those things, but I'm still completely confused by it. So when people are saying, oh, buy a shit ton of Bitcoin, I don't get it, bro. I don't understand it. I'm not going to give my hard-earned money to it. If you guys do it and become multimillionaires, respect you. I think it's great. It was just over the scope of what I was comfortable understanding and doing. Number eight, invest for the long term. Building wealth takes decades, not days. And again, you guys, to me, this is the ultimate fitness parallel. Invest for the long term. Building wealth takes decades, not days. Just like fitness, you're not going to get super ripped in 34 days. You're not going to be super amazingly healthy, fit, and fabulous in eight weeks, especially if you're starting off from the bottom. Fitness, you guys, and finance. Building real wealth for your life. Just like being super fit. Not just being fit. Again, anybody can get fit in like a year or two years and hold on to it. Can you stay fit for 10 years? Can you stay fit for 20 years or 30 years? That's the game. Can you not just have money for two years? Can you be wealthy for the next 30 years? It's a crock pot, not a microwave. Let me say that again. Building wealth for decades, not for days, is the key. It's a crock pot, you guys, not a microwave. It's a marathon, not a sprint. If you want to be fit 
eat right, train hard, wash, rinse, repeat, do that forever. Three years from now, you'll be healthy, happy, move better and feel better and look better. And if you repeat doing that, you're always going to be fit, healthy and happy. If you work a job and your company offers a 401k or some sort of match, never ever don't match it. Always match them. It's free money, you guys. I work for myself. I don't have that. My wife does it at her company. They give her 7%. At minimum, when we, even when we were broke as shit, we always did the 7% because we wanted the free money. And over time, it will make you a millionaire. And I'll touch on that in a little bit. Number nine, don't try and time the market. It won't work. Investors who time the market will almost always fail. Now, if you guys are, you know, like Ray fucking Dalio, you're Warren Buffett, and you do a bunch of cool shit, awesome. But even those guys, it's really tough for them, and they take a lot of losses, and they have so much money they can leverage it. They can lose eight times and win once. You guys don't have the money to play around with that. And again, we're not, these guys do this for a living. They study this stuff all day long. They live and breathe it. Warren Buffett's reading six hours a day. You're not doing that. So again, get with a professional who can help you, or if you're gonna make decisions, do things that are tried and true. And again, don't try to jump in and jump out. Um, it's not it's not going to work. I, I'm not good enough to do it, and I can promise most of you are not good enough to do it either. Number 10, never invest on margin. Leverage kills you when things go wrong. I believe that to be true too uh, in many things in life. Number 11, this time is different. It's never different. Things work until they don't work. Never bet the farm. You can lose it all. Or I have a quote on the side of my wall here. It's like Warren Buffett's uh, tried and true truce on uh, taking risk. He says, never test the depths of the river uh, with both feet in. And I think it's kind of like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And I believe that. I think you guys need to be diversified. I think if you have an advisor or professional, and that's probably the best way to go. Most of us are not uh, equipped enough. We don't love it enough. We're not educated enough to manage our own money at that level. I think you should have a pulse on it. I think you should read and study and be as educated as possible. But if it's not your passion, I think obviously paying a nominal fee uh, to have somebody really take care of you, a fiduciary who has your best interest at heart is the best way to go. And, uh, and be in touch with them. Talk to them. Ask them questions. Ask them what they invest in. Have them, you know, when they're in the office, flip the screen. Have them show you what they put their money in. And uh, if you guys want to follow suit, uh, I think you'll be okay. Next one. Once you become rich, stay rich. It beats starting over. Ask anyone who has. In the same note, once you become healthy and fit, stay healthy and fit. It beats starting over. Ask anyone who has. And I believe it to be true both ways. <clears throat> if you ask somebody who's lost 100 pounds and gained it back, that's really tough to do it a second time. And there's a lot of people who have made millions of dollars and lost it and they've made it back. But I guess if you ask them, hey, would you want to do it again for a third time? They for surely wouldn't. So if you guys get to a point where you, you have a little bit of money, um, hold on to it. Keep it. Be smart with it. You worked really hard for it. You don't want to give it away and uh, get greedy and get super aggressive uh, just for a couple more bucks. That's probably not going to make you happy at the end of the day either. Next one. Give back because the more you give, the more you grow and you make the world a better place. Uh, I truly believe that. We've done that in our life. You know, I was once a kid who probably was a candidate for like an adoptive family. And uh, now we do adopt a family around Christmas time and Thanksgiving time. And uh, we do to every charity. I think last year, uh, I, I don't have the number offhand. We did a lot to our members here and, you know, their kids sports teams and, and little league teams and pomp stuff and different events and, and charities. I'm happy to do it if we can do it. I'm in a position to where we can do adoptive family. And I remember when we we get this family, uh, we go to like, you know, we go to Walmart and Ross and different places to buy their clothes and we buy them, you know, like a Christmas and Thanksgiving dinner and my wife and I deliver it to them. And uh, it, it's humbling even for me and it brings me back to reality real quick when I can have like a little asshole moment because I think I want stuff or certain things or we 
complain at our house because our grass isn't green enough or we have to redo our pool or whatever the fuck it is that our luxury bullshit problems that, you know, my wife and I might say to each other. And uh, I remember giving this kids a microwave and uh, we walk in the house, we, we give them the toys and the presents and we have, you know, Christmas dinner for them. And I remember when they opened the microwave, um, it's a $40 microwave, you guys. These little girls and boys are fucking crying. I mean, they're crying their eyes out because they're so happy and they're so excited because they can microwave food because they've never had it before. They've never used a microwave in their home. And this is 2017, 18, 19. And these people are losing it over a $40 microwave. If that doesn't put perspective into your heart and you can't feel that and see that, I don't know what will help you. And now, while we bitch and complain and whine about such luxury stuff, I'm buying fucking $6 coffees on vacation. These people are crying over a $40 microwave. So if you ever have a chance where you can give back, please do it because it will do something. It will change you. And it will do something for you. It will allow you to enjoy your money at a level that you probably never had before when you, when you buy yourself material stuff and luxury things. But it will change who you are as a person. And those feelings will never go away. And it's probably some of the greatest feelings I've ever had here. It's why we give away the stuff we do. But to our people, it's different. The people who really have nothing, um, it will change their life. And uh, and you're a part of that. And you can take some great solace and great pride in doing that, you guys. If you uh, ever get to a chance financially, we have the opportunity to give back to people who are less fortunate than you. Next one, never give up. No matter what happens, no matter how many times you fail, as long as you get up and try, you haven't lost. And I believe that in fitness. Never give up on your fitness, you guys. If you have a bad day, a bad month, even a bad year, um, you can always turn around. Every day is another day to get control of your spending, get control of your eating, get control of your budgeting, get control of your fitness, take care of yourself, sleep well, budget your macros, budget your finances, get a workout in, pick up an extra job to pay off your credit card debt, whatever it may be. As long as you guys are consistently diligent every single day, you guys are going to win and be successful. It's the people who get discouraged by one loss, by one failure, by one fuck up uh, that lets them go off track. Now, I've shared this already. I make it public and I've talked about it in this podcast. We're trying to pay off our house. It's really fucking hard to do in, you know, if most people take 30 years, even the people who are aggressive do a 15 year fixed, we're trying to do it in eight now that's a lot and it's not super fun and I could buy a bunch of fancy shit outside of it and inside that things are going to go wrong like and I, and I love my dog and I, I'm going to share this story really fast soft topic remember when we got our dog for 50 bucks my dog's a rescue if you watch my Instagram or Facebook or you come to our gym there's pictures of her on the wall I love that dog more than most fucking people and I'm, I'm sorry if that sounds bad but I love that dog like more than most people and when that dog is gone I'm going to cry my fucking eyes out uh, at a level that's probably going to be embarrassing. And, and then again, I've lost people in my life to you guys. I, I, I know it will be worse than that because this dog has been with me for nine years, every single day. And uh, sleeps next to me. I feed it all the time. I love it. So um, we had to take our dog to, and I remember this, when I first got that dog, we bought it for 50 bucks. I uh, got it off the Native American Reservation, and it's been the greatest gift ever for $50. It's, it was a sweet deal. And uh, I remember one of our friends had a dog who had to have surgery. And it was like fifteen hundred bucks. And I go to my wife and I'm like, I don't get how they do that. I don't. I don't get because again, we have no money at the time, right? I'm like fifteen hundred dollars would cripple us. Like we could never afford to do that to to JC. Like we don't have the money. And flash forward nine years. The other day, my dog had to have a, a tooth uh, extracted, tooth cleaning, and uh, she had to have two little masses cut out, like two little fatty tumors. And they send one off for testing well, it might be cancer or not. And it's nice to know either way. Like if it's her time, it's her time. I understand. And uh, so she got these two tumors cut out. And uh, so, and when I picked her up at the vet and like now she's at home, she's healing, but she has these huge incisions on her body. 
and uh, the bill was $1,114.68. So on Friday, I picked up my dog from the vet. I paid $1,114.68 to get her home. And I remember like how sad I was being there just because like, you know, you, you feel, you know, you never know, right? And, uh, and she comes out of the, the waiting room and I've never been like so fucking happy in my life. Like so happy just to grab her and hold her and see her. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I really love this fucking dog. Like more than almost every person on earth. And it's so fucking crazy to me. But the point being is like, those things are going to happen on our journey to pay off our house and get out of, you know, completely be debt free and change the scope of our life. Those things are going to happen. Your air conditioner is going to go out. Your car is going to, you know, have some issues. You're going to need new tires. You might need a new roof. Your dog might have two tumors cut out, but you have to understand it's just a little detraction. Um, you have to roll with the punches. You can't give up no matter if three things go wrong. You can't let it derail you. It's just a mump in the road. That's why you guys have things like an emergency fund. And that's why you always spend less than you make. That's why you always have a couple bucks around in case those things happen. We took her in. We thought it's going to be, you know, uh, just a normal checkup and get her, you know, teeth cleaned. And maybe it cost 200 bucks and it ends up costing me 1100, but we saved and we had the money and we were diligent. So I feel very blessed and fortunate to do it. So again, you guys, when those things happen, don't give up, just keep it moving. Number 15. Now this one's crucial for you guys. And I'm gonna let you go after this compound interest really is a miracle and it works when you work it. If you save 10 bucks a day, at 10% interest over 40 years, you would end up with $1,897,244. I'll say it again. If you save 10 bucks a day at 10% interest for 40 years, you would end up with $1,847,244. Even if, again, well, Jeremy, 10% is aggressive for the market. My funds are only showing six or seven. Fair enough. If you earned half that, you would have close to half a million dollars. And I trust you guys, that would be a thousand times fucking better than never saving anything at all. Your older self would thank you. So if you save 10 bucks a day, if you're 32 right now and save 10 bucks every day until you're 42, you'd have 1,897,240. Even if you only had half that, you'd have 500K. Now, for a lot of you guys, that's 300 bucks a month. Most of you probably listening to this can save more than that if you really got diligent about your finances. If you saved yourself 500 bucks a month for just 30 years, or then if you're if you're if you're 35 right now, and for the next 25 years you could save 500 bucks a month, you're probably doing okay in retirement. At a at an interest rate of somewhere between five to 10 percent, you're going to be okay. Compound interest is real, you guys. That first hundred thousand, trust me, the first hundred thousand dollars you're trying to save in your retirement account feels like it takes forever. It's a snail's pace, especially if you're not earning a lot of money. But I promise you guys, once you get that first hundred, the second, the third, man, it goes quick, dude. And it's like a, it's like fucking magic. And then you're like, holy shit, I actually have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Holy shit, like I have a net worth of over a million dollars. This is fucking crazy. And all it took was you guys saving three, four, five hundred bucks a month, every month for five, 10, 15, 25, 30 years. And boom, you're a millionaire. And all you had to do was put it on auto ding from your account like you didn't even miss it. So that's where if you don't have a $500 a month house payment, or excuse me, $500 a month car payment, boom, now you can save 100 bucks a month for retirement. How simple is that? And the compound interest, the compound effect of that is so powerful and so crucial. It's probably the way that 99% of you guys are going to build real wealth and become millionaires and become financially independent and happy and successful with your money is just by doing it the crock pot, not the microwave. Now, if you want to do the parallel to fitness, it's the same thing. It's 
most of us are not going to have the Uber idea. We're not going to have the Instagram idea. We're not going to create Facebook. We're not going to be Google. Um, that's not who we are. We're the people who are going to work a job or work for ourselves or do something and make a, a good amount of money, but be diligent about it and let compound interest make us rich. We're going to pay off our debts early and be able to save and invest and give like nobody else can because we've been smart about it. Now, if you're talking fitness, you guys are not probably going to win the genetic lottery. You're probably not going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though Arnold had to work hard as fuck for everything he had. Um, you're the people who are going to eat right day after day after day. You're the people who are going to budget your macros day after day after day. You're going to do mobility. You're going to get quality sleep. You're going to strength train. You're going to do the aerobic work, but you're going to do, you're not going to work out for seven hours, you know, every day for a year. You're going to work out 30 minutes a day or less every single day for the rest of your life. And you're going to be fit. And the compound effect of you guys doing 20 push-ups every day for 30 days is going to build you a stronger, healthier chest. You guys doing walking lunges every other day for a year is going to build up your quad, glute, and hamstring strength. The compound effect of you guys making the right choice more often than not is going to make you healthy, fit, and happy. And if you wash, rinse, and repeat that, you can be that way for the rest of your life. If you guys were just to save a couple bucks every single day and make it mandatory, make it non-negotiable, you guys will end up in retirement with hundreds of thousands of dollars or probably close to a million or some of you guys even more, depending on your age and income and how fancy you're willing to live. Now, here's my two cents above all else. Obviously, you guys can see the parallels to budgeting macros and budgeting money and fitness and finance and being overweight and being in debt. They mirror themselves, you know, like night and day, you know, I mean, excuse me, like, you know, apples to apples, if you will. Now, the one thing I'll say about all this stuff, it doesn't take rocket science. You don't have to be a genius. You just have to be diligent. You just have to be consistent and you have to live within your means. You have to eat within your means. You have to be smart about how you spend your time, effort, energy, and your money. And the one thing you can't do is try to get too fancy too soon. And I see this for a lot of people. People are impatient as fuck. Everybody wants to live in the dream house today. Everybody wants to drive the dream car today. Everybody wants to take the trip, you know, to Mykonos today. And everybody wants to do, and, and I get it. I really do. I'm human. I feel what you guys feel at some level. I probably feel 2% of what most of you feel out there because I, I'm fulfilled and happy in other ways. And I just don't give a fuck, honestly, what people think about what I drive and where I live and how I do it because I know who I am and I know what I do in this world and I know where, you know, where I'm going and, and what I'm doing with my gifts. And that's what fills my cup. And if I want the stuff later on when I can really afford it and it and doesn't cost me, you know, two ounces of stress, then I'll for surely do it. But what I, I do know is this. I've flown first class many times. And flying first class and then going back and flying Southwest C-42 in the middle seat sucks shit. That I can promise you that. And the reason I say that is not the bag on Southwest. Great airline, they do great work. But pay the 14 bucks and get the AC, please. But my point is, is that if you go from flying first class to going to the back, sitting in the middle between two people who are 400 pounds, that's a shitty experience because you're always going to remember what first class felt like and how nice it was to have your room and be treated a certain way and do certain things. Now, wouldn't it be rough for you guys if you lived in a 5,000 square foot house today you could barely afford and you drove a Mercedes today that was nice and new and fancy, but 20 years from now, you had to live in a house that was one-fourth the size in a shittier neighborhood and drove a car that was shitty and run down and beat up and broken and you were stressed and broke and in debt because the decisions you made early in life to live too fancy, too quick, too soon cost you everything on the back end. To me, I would rather have it easier on the back end than on the front end. That's just my two cents. Now, what people could say, well, Jeremy, live your life experience because you could get dropped dead and get hit by a bus. That's for sure. 
But if the lifestyle you're living today is causing you stress on the inside, causing you to work more and be unhappy and do things, I don't think the stuff is worth it. That's just my two cents. And God willing, for most of us, we're going to live a long, healthy, happy life. And I would hate to get to, you know, and we all think, oh, well, you know, I'm 30 today. 55 is old as fuck. 55 is not old at all, you guys. With the way healthcare is and the way that we're living and taking care of ourselves, at 55, you're probably going to live to 85, 30 more fucking years, another whole lifetime of what you lived. I don't want you guys to be destitute and stressed out and broken and sick and sad and having to play catch up and grind and scrape for a bunch of stuff because you lived a life that cost you everything up front. That's why I hate to see people who come in here who are 150 pounds overweight and they've lived a life that's cost them everything. Now they have to play catch up. And it's so much harder for the person who's 150 pounds overweight as opposed to the person who's 10 pounds overweight. It's way fucking harder for the person who is $150,000 in debt than the person who's $10,000 in debt. So if you're hearing this and you're listening this and you're not that far down the rabbit hole, stop what you're doing. Be smart. Be responsible. Take these principles. Do yourself a favor. Listen to the Dave Ramsey podcast or hop on Chris Hogan or message me for a handful of books that I've read and and that have changed the scope of my life, or if you don't have a financial advisor, you're not educated on this stuff, do it because it can change the scope of your life. I just see so many people, and the two biggest things I see that drag them down is how they feel about themselves and how they look and how immobile they are and how overweight they are and how sick they are and how not happy they are with how their body looks and moves and feels. And on the same note, people who are in debt, people who are stressed about money, people who are letting their finances cripple them and letting the stuff that they bought own them, and they don't own shit. They're leased and financed and they're leveraged up the ass and they think like, oh, well, I have a great credit score and this and that. And I'm like, bro, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is how happy you are, how motivated, how inspired, how much you can give back and literally how stress-free you can live your life. Because life is stressful, you guys. I know that with traffic and kids and jobs and the economy and the world and health and just normal random bad shit that happens to us all the time. That's stressful enough alone. But if you can do it with a couple of bucks in the bank because you're not leveraged to the hilt, if you can do it in a body that looks good, moves good, and feels good, your life is going to be way better. And I'm not saying I have everything figured out, you guys. I can make four dumb decisions and lose everything tomorrow or have a huge financial catastrophe. Like, you know, we could get cancer or something crazy could happen and it could wipe me out. But at least I did things the right way. And, and again, I predicate stuff off this. And I don't have children, but I do have a wife. And uh, I would never want to leave her in a position where she feels like she's financially strapped and fucked and she can't breathe because I did 19 stupid decisions and didn't you know, keep her in the loop. I want to make sure I have enough money in the bank. I want to make sure my debts are paid off. I want to make sure I have enough life insurance to cover what she needs to be covered so she could live a life far beyond me. Now, I know that might be morbid and sad to think, but I think it's the responsible way to go. I don't want to leave a mess for other people to clean up my shit. And I think a lot of people aren't living their life that way. And again, it's up to you. I'm not telling you how to live your life. But from a responsible standpoint, I want to put her in the best position to live a life if I happen to not be here at some point. And two, I want to do it for my future self. And at the end of the day, it's not just the future self. It's for me today. I know that I don't want to stay up at night or worry about if three people here move away and aren't members anymore, I'm not going to have a panic attack. I'm not going to worry if, I mean, and, also, and that happens. It's business. You, you, you get people, you lose people. Like things come and go. Like some programs do better than others. Like some sponsorship deals I get do better. Some promotions do better than the other ones. Like sometimes your toilet breaks. Sometimes your air conditioner goes out. That shit happens. I don't want to have a panic attack when that goes on because that's going to rob me from doing a podcast, doing a video, helping people. If I'm so worried about, oh my God, the AC went out, 
Now when Sally comes in here and tells me about her real problems, I'm not fucking listening to Sally. I'm worrying about how can I extract money and pay for my AC. I don't want to be that kind of coach. I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to speak to them and talk to them and be able to help them. So if my mind can be free of the clutter and the debt and the stuff that money causes people, I'm going to be a better coach, a better person, a better athlete for it. And what I found is this. When I can free my mind and I don't have to worry about all the normal people shit, this is the person I become. I can talk like this, speak like this, do like this, create programs like this, and I can actually help people. But I can only help people if I'm not stressed and my mind is clear and I am healthy. And I believe you guys are the same way. And so don't let the things you own end up owning you guys. Don't put yourself in so much debt you can't breathe. Don't get so overweight that it's almost impossible to get out of that weight gain. Really just do the things that make the most sense, that bring you the most happiness, and simplify your life. Because I think when you really strip it down, the things that make you guys the most happiest are probably the, the most simplistic things that there are. So again... If you guys find yourself in debt, whether it be for credit cards, auto loans, student loans, home loans, really stop, do an audit of how you're spending money and see if there isn't a fast track for you guys to get out of that consumer debt as quick as possible. Because that's the fastest way for you guys to build wealth and live a life literally like nobody else can live. And if you guys right now are listening to this and you're you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight, stop. Contact me, contact a coach, somebody who can help you budget macros Get on the eating plan, get on a training plan that makes the most sense so you don't end up 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 pounds overweight, just like you guys who are $10,000 in debt right now. Don't let it balloon up to 20, 30, 40, 50. And again, if you're doing what you've always done and it's only had you guys gain weight over the years and it's only had you guys gain consumer debt over the years, you have to stop and do something different. Doing the same shit over time and not changing the habit, the ritual, and the routine isn't going to get you there. Sometimes it takes little action. Sometimes it takes drastic action. And only you guys know where you sit right now. So hopefully that helped you guys. Again, just my two cents. I'm super passionate about it because I'm a guy who grew up with no money. And again, I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but I do work super fucking hard. And if I do care about something, I'm willing to learn about the subject and topic. And if I'm passionate about it, I'm happy to share it with you because learning these really little simple things um, and hearing my dad speak you know, over the years uh, really has changed the way that... Uh, I can live my life now and the things that my wife and I are able to do. And we're very blessed and we're very fortunate. And I know that and I'm very humbled by it. That's why I speak on it. It doesn't come from a place of I'm bragging and telling you I'm so fucking awesome because I've done, well, I really didn't do a lot of stupid money shit because honestly, I never fucking had any. So I couldn't make any dumb financial decisions. And honestly, I think that was good because when I was young, I wanted all the stuff, you guys. I wanted the rims on the car. I wanted the fancy shit. I wanted to wear the fancy clothes. The problem was I just didn't have any fucking money to do it. And because my dad was... I use the word nice enough, and the way he said it was not this polite. But my dad told me, hey, man, if you don't have the money, Jeremy, you don't need it. You save money for the shit that you need, then you go buy it. And you do not put stuff on credit cards by any means. These people, they'll bleed you dry, and you'll never pay off that interest. And my dad told me that at a very young age, and he probably told me 700 times, and it stuck with me. And uh, it's, it's one of the greatest gifts or piece of advice he ever really gave me. And I never really realized it until probably the last couple of years. And that's you know, the way I live my life and the way I do a lot of things. And it, and it helped me. And if you guys hear it from me, um, I'd urge you to do the same. And I'm not telling you what to do, but I just know I think a lot of times we get caught up in uh, we dig ourselves a hole, both financially, both fitness-wise, that's really hard to get out of. So if I can stop you guys from doing that, uh, I'm happy to do it. So anything else you guys want to hear in the podcast, um, shoot me a DM, send me a message. I'm happy to do it. I know this isn't, you know, it's close to the normal things I speak about, but it, I am passionate about it and I know it. Uh, it can help a lot of you guys if I, if I turn you on to something or have you think or spend or do things a little bit differently. Just uh, I hope it helps. So 
Um, if you're on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Drop me a five-star. Leave a comment. Tell your friends this is the greatest fucking podcast that ever existed and have them listen to it too. Um, I truly appreciate you guys. When you leave a review and a five-star on there, it does help us move up the rankings and selfishly, um, it pays me back way more than you guys uh, ever could. Um, so I, I truly do appreciate it. Share with a friend, share with a family member. Uh, it does mean the world to me. So thank you guys for listening. So um, a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipe. We're going to do like a random uh, Instagram one. I'm going to get my wife back on here. I know I've been saying that, but she's been super busy with work. So hopefully this week or this weekend and uh, a bunch of other my favorite fitness homies too will come on. So until next time, you guys eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please keep doing shit you love, but people you enjoy because your life is too short not to you guys. And again, spend wisely, never spend more than you make, and uh, just be very diligent with how you spend your money because you're spending your time working for it. And it's really important and your time matters to you. And I don't want you to just, you know, kind of be staying afloat and be drowning in debt and doing things that are not bringing your life the most happiness. So if I can help you in any way, shoot me a message. I'm happy to share my experience and the things that I did to budget and hack and get myself um, to the place where I'm at today. So thank you guys. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.